Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services in Eastland, Texas. Tune in every week as we share important information to help you and your family live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, legacy and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. We're here on another episode of Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. Matt Urban and Aaron Kennedy. Aaron's in-house after a, a fishing trip, but he's back with us this week and uh, here with us to give the scoop and the rundown on what's going on in the market this week. Hey, glad to be back, guys. Had a little bit of a breather. Seems like everything went pretty good while I was gone. Yes, it I was, was nice. Started, <laughs> started going another way once I got back, so maybe I should leave again. We'll, we'll remote you in next time. Yeah. Just keep it that way. Everybody's been looking at their statements. The market has just been on a tear since the uh, middle of June, and it feels great because we've come way off the bottom. So our portfolios have a little bit of breathing room right now. You know how we're positioned? We're still really, really defensive. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about this several weeks ago that one of the things that our portfolio really isn't set up to do is uh, perform well if we just take off on a tear. And that's, that's kind of what happens, has happened um, since June. You know, we haven't, we haven't gone the other way. We, we're still positive and we're still making uh, good positive returns, but we were just being more protective. And, you know, historically, if you go back to any of the big market drops, this is normal. We normally see 50% uh, retracements where we, we get this dead cat bounce or something um, to that effect. So this feels really good. And uh, I really hope it continues on. But there's some, some things out there that are still very, very worrisome to us that, you know, we, we usually don't escape. Um, and most of it has to do with interest rates. So, I mean, the two biggest ones are uh, first, the inverted yield curve. So short-term rates are, are higher than long-term rates. And this is kind of worrisome because, you know, if you're a bank, let me put it this way, if you're a bank and someone gives you money uh, in a savings account, you know, right now, your savings rate should be somewhere around 3.2%. Now, I'm, I'm just going off the Fed rate, so, uh, and this is hypothetical. Not all banks are credit equal. Yes. <laughs> so, if you put your money in a savings account, you're going to make 32 and then the bank can go go out and loan money at about 2.9. Bank's going to lose money. And I'm, I'm ignoring leverage and all that. But if you just think about that, if it costs you 3.2% to make 2.9%, you're going to go on a hole. Well, banks, banks don't like to do that. They like to keep their doors open and their people employed. Mm. So they're, they're not really wanting to make those loans. You know, so it slows down our economy. And it doesn't have a 100% track record of leading to a depression. Um, or Recession. Oh, that's a don't say <laughs> Recession, Aaron. Recession. Wrong word. But it it does almost have a perfect record of leading to market weakness. And sometimes it takes 18 months. I think that's about average of how long this takes to uh, work its way through the system. But it's, it's a big red flashing light. And it's inverted about half a percent, which doesn't sound like a lot. But when interest rates are only three, 
it's quite a bit. That's quite a bit. You know, so that really hasn't changed. Um, that inversion is still rather strong. And the second thing that, you know, we really don't want to battle against is the Fed. Fed's trying to slow down um, the market. You can't fight the Fed. You know, that's one of the number one rules out there. And this is really, um, this is a fight against, from the market to the Fed. And we're going to see who blinks first. And it's, it's been all over. Everybody's saying the market is just in like a head-to-head, -head, like two bowls fighting. Yeah, yeah. So you think the U.S. government's going to say, hey, you know what, you're right. Right. We're, we're yeah. going to be okay. Back uh, down to the retail investor. Yeah, I don't, I don't no, think so. No, no, So that is very worrisome. Now, on the positive side, earnings came in better than we expected. Inflation did come down from, you know, into the nines from to the eights. So that, that was helpful. Uh, oil's back down to the high 80s. Uh, so we are getting a little bit of a reprieve. We've seen gasoline come down. So that, that's going to be helpful. But it's still very, very elevated. And we really haven't seen wage increases working its way through the system. We're praising uh, our employment rate right now, one of the lowest in history, which is fantastic. But we also have one of the lowest participation rates in history. That's the fine print. Yeah, the fine print. So, you know, if uh, we played by the same rules as some of the countries in Europe, you know, uh, we'd have a higher unemployment rate than Italy and uh, some of these other known high unemployment countries. So we do measure it different. It looks fantastic, but we're not as strong as we're being told. So anyways, I hope this rally continues on. Um, I hope we keep pumping up. Uh, but right now we're just, we're not fighting the Fed. We're, we're really not going to fight the Fed. Um, but one last thing uh, I thought was very interesting in the, the minutes this week. I think Powell gave himself an out. Um, he came out and said that uh, looks like interest rates are weakening the economy. I cannot believe that. It's a change of tune. Our Fed chief finally figured that out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think he learned that in one of your first economics class. But he finally got it. Right. So he put it in the minutes. And um, I think that gives him an out if you know the market really starts to soften and inflation doesn't. He can backstop his self and say, hey, we're, we're more worried about the U.S. economy than inflation. So that, that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out and see how these, see how, see what happens. Yeah, we got about a month right to the next Fed meeting yes. and then the outcome. So that gets us wrapped up for this uh, segment. We'll be right back with you after a quick break on this episode of Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. Here we are back uh, to continue on. We were just talking about the Fed and his little bit of an out, and we'll see how it transpires about a month from now. Next thing we're going to talk about is um, our belief systems and what has been put in place since the beginning of time to basically keep us alive, but it kind of makes us not very good investors. And uh, this system is more about survival than making a bunch of money in the stock market. So we're, we're going to run through some of these biases, show you how that we all have them. You know, uh, it's 
very difficult to overcome, but we're all humans and we pretty much all think the same. We all want to survive. Well, and I'm glad you said that because I really, this is a super interesting topic because, you know, we've had calls over the last month or so, whatever, that said, am I where I'm supposed to be? I'm such and such age, you know where I'm at. Is this the right thing to do? You know, people are seeking to overcome their own emotions because your emotions tell you to do something, but you immediately know, I need to trust somebody else to help me work through these these yes. biases. So uh, that's yes. kind of the framework of why we're doing this today. Yeah. Uh, they're dangerous if you're out there on your own uh, trying to overcome these because we always believe we're doing this the right thing, and, you know, and it's going to turn out the right way, but there's a reason the average investor makes about 2% a year when the market makes 10 Right. And it's because we're human. Let's go through the first one, which is uh, confirmation bias. This one's pretty strong across the country right now, especially politically. And, and confirmation bias is just basically confirming our previous existing beliefs. And it's kind of like when you go search on the Internet. Most people don't search, why am I wrong? Right. You know, they're going to yeah. search why they're right. Yeah. And we very rarely see both sides of the story. Yeah. You know, that, that's why if you're having a political disagreement, most of the time, I don't want to say ignorant, but you don't know the other side. And I'm not saying the other side's right or wrong. I'm just saying we, we both know our set of facts and we've never looked at the other side. Well, you verify yourself. Right? Yes, you, yes. you just you want to make sure you're right. So you're going to go find the facts to support your frame of mind. Always right. I'm always right. That's how we look stuff up. That's what we listen to. Um, golly, there, there are some things I don't like to listen to at all, and you know, I'm just not going to do it. Right. <laughs> so uh, those are the things you really got to test yourself is uh, seeing why you could be wrong. And uh, especially you can just test yourself when you're Googling or whatever. Right. Go, go look up the opposite side. You'd be surprised of what you can find out and what you learn. And, and it's not just Google. It's um, the opposite of your interpretation mm -hmm. or um, what well, you remember. Well, so let's just to put it in a market context, there's always a buyer and always a seller. And that's what makes yes. the market. So there's always somebody that believes it's a bear story down, down, down. And always somebody believes it's a bull story up, up, up. If there wasn't those two strong opinions, we wouldn't have a market. That's right. So it's, exactly so it's right. not a bad thing. It's just something to be aware of. Yes. Yes. You know, if you're going to do good research or know a lot about the topic, you need to look at both sides. Um, that's very difficult for us to do. Yeah. Well, Aaron, there was one that you put with confirmation bias that you said kind of makes confirmation bias like on steroids, and it's that overconfidence bias. If you're subject to that and confirmation bias, you're kind of kind of in a pickle. Yes. Overconfidence is, actually, is, is a belief that you have a lot more skill than you really do. And, you know, since, since we're talking finance, I've talked to a lot of people that, you know, have told me that all I need to buy is Amazon and all I need to buy is Apple. And, um, they've made this much money and, you know, which it's fantastic, you know, but that... Being lucky and owning the right thing doesn't really make you know what you're doing. It's really interesting. And we can go through this, whether it's in your 401k 
or whether your neighbor told you, once we have some success, we're automatically a professional and we know what we're doing. We're going to tell other people that we know what we're doing. Right. So if we're the best that's ever lived, and the only thing that we're going to do is look up things to show why we're right, whew, when it goes the other way, it comes down rather quickly. One of the things you told me years ago is, um, you know, people always tell you the big winners in their portfolio, you know, over the fence stuff, yes. but they never tell you the big losers. And uh, there's usually one for one, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it was yeah, just that's, a, that's pretty interesting. So, uh, you know, just in portfolio design in itself, what drives your portfolio is just a handful of stocks. Mm -hmm. You know, if I said 20% drives your portfolio, that would be a big exaggeration. So, you know, any of these portfolio managers, 80% of them are going to be underperforming the market. And you're going to have one or two strong winners that's going to drive that. Right. So there's some overconfidence right there that's just built into us. And, and we can't get around it. You know, that's our human behavior. That's right. Well, Aaron, let's take a quick break here. Uh on Black and White Market Cheddar Life Planning 101. We'll come back for our third and final segment to talk about a few more biases and uh, be right back after this. Here we are for our, our third segment of Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101, picking up some, some more biases. We just went over confirmation and overconfidence bias and uh, how those can be destructive. Aaron, talk about a few more that we have. Um, a quick one I want to do is, is anchoring. And anchoring is we're relying too much on pre-existing data or last month's reading. You know, especially if you listen to economists all they're going to do is add a couple of points to last month's reading or last quarter's reading or take up a couple of points away. Nobody really steps out there and makes a good judgment or, or a good prediction of what's going to happen. It's always we're anchoring to last month's and then seeing where we go from there. And we work that way through our life. And probably the idea is things are usually smooth and don't move a whole lot. So you're going to be right a lot of the times, or close, right? You know, but you're going to miss when things really go the volatility, bad, right? You know, you're way off. And that's why economists and weathermen are all put right. into that same category. I right. see a cloud; it's going right. to rain. Right. Well, and, and and so just to kind of drive it home, something that helped me understand anchoring is if you know if I'm driving you know seven above the speed limit. And that got me by the cop. Well, then the next day, maybe I say, okay, I got by seven. I'm going to go by nine over the speed limit. Oop, and there's too much, right? So I anchored to yes. the wrong point. I didn't anchor back to the base facts. I anchored to something that got me by. So you put too much weight in something that may or may not be true. Yes, yeah, that's exactly right. So That's exactly right. And something that pairs nicely with that was we found recency bias. So when you say the freshest, uh, the freshest experience is the one that gets the most weight, and then you anchor to that, they kind of, kind of conjoined it to give you kind of a false sense of, of reality at times. Yes, it does. And and these, uh, I mean, even starting with anchoring, like you say, this is this is really what's driving that momentum effect. You know, it worked last month. Let me do it again. Let me put some more emphasis on it. Mm -hmm. 
now it's working again. Next month I'm going to do a little bit more. And uh, recency, it doesn't matter whether it's up or down. You know, it's going to continue on forever. Right. You know, if the market's been up, and keep adding risk, keep adding risk. It's going to keep going. Right. And if the market goes down, you know, uh, it's going to go down forever. Right. You know, we're never going to recover from this. It's the most recent pleasure or pl pain that you've experienced that you either tie yourself to, that you want it forever, or you never want to experience it again. Right. You know, but it's very, very powerful. We don't want to, we don't remember anything past a couple of weeks ago. Right. Well, and even with this, you know, where the markets uh, pulled back a little bit. So we saw March of 2020, that was a, a pretty quick pullback in recovery. And that's not traditional to market cycles right yeah, but that's what we that's what we anchored to it was the most recent volatility that we felt and so the nerves didn't come and now that it's drawn out it's not even drawn out what we'd say a traditional pullback right exactly we're still in the right. very early stages of this but people are like oh, okay yeah. what do i do and, and to that effect you know we can say recency by events what happened in covid well the the Fed bailed us out. They printed out trillions of dollars. Right. And it, it was called the Fed put. Mm. So, I mean, what's happening right now? Everybody's expecting that if the market goes haywire, Fed's going to step in and start printing again. So, you know, the first segment of this meeting, we talked about the, the Fed pivot. Mm -hmm. And Fed start lowering interest rates. And that's in the back of our mind. The most recent time this happened, that's what they did. They, they saved us all. They bailed us out. Right. So are they going to do it again? We could probably take more risk than we would normally do, which is all, oh, it's just a setup for bad things to happen. Well, and I'm so glad, I'm so glad you said that. What are they going to do? They'll either do it or they won't. Right. So there's, the, there's one of our, our last gambler's fallacy, right? Just because it happened last time does not mean it will happen this time. That's right. Right? And and so gambler's fallacy, I flip my quarter 10 times, it's still a 50-50 chance heads or tails, right? right? So it doesn't increase or decrease the odds based on previous history. So yeah. I can flip my coin and land on heads 10 times, 20 times, 30 times in a row. It's still 50-50. Still got a 50-50 chance. Right. And not, not saying the Fed's reaction is going to be 50-50. But to, to make that bet that this time, you know, my odds have changed are still very, very low. Well, and it gets it gets set deeper on based on more facts, right? It's not just like a coin flip for the Fed to make any decision. But, but the, the take home here is that they either will or they won't based on the facts in front of them. We can't, right. we can't extrapolate from what happened last time and say it will happen again. No. Well, I mean, what are, what are the Fed's mandates? Inflation. There it is. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to keep employment up. That's what they're supposed to do. Right. There's nothing in there that says anything about the S&P 500 <laughs> or my 401k. Right. right so right. if inflation's high, you know, if they're doing their job, probably they shouldn't be worrying about my 401k. That's right. Um, that erosion of purchasing power is going to be a lot greater over time than a, a market pullback. Right, and most most market pullbacks are rather short in nature when we look at it compared to our uh, investment lives. Right, and that's great. So there's one more I want to touch on, and we'll get wrapped up here. But but you said something. You know, you've heard us talk about momentum. You know, it's a factor that we invest in, right? Yes. Something that we watch, and and we were talking about this herding behavior, herd bias that. 
uh, drives that momentum. Talk yeah. a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah, herding is we're, we're following the crowd. We're doing what everybody else is doing. We're not really objectively looking at everything else. We're just doing every, what everybody else is doing. <sighs> that, that's momentum because the power picks up. And guess what if we're wrong? Everybody's wrong. Everybody else is wrong, too. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not like everybody else made a whole ton of money and I lost. That's painful. But if everybody lost a lot of money, too, then, oh, it makes me feel so much better. That's and right. Nobody's smarter than me. But, you know, if, if you add in hurting, hurting behavior, which if the market's going up, people are buying, 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 and adding and adding risk, and we've got recency bias because the market's been going up, it's always going to go up, we're anchoring to last month's, and we're up another two months this month. Mm -hmm. You can see how this starts to get out of hand. And, and momentum really is one of the most powerful forces on this planet, not just in investing, on this planet. Yep. But, but as humans, we are, we are tied to this same belief, too. And that's why we, we look at momentum. We, we see where all, all the people are. You know, where are people investing? Uh, where are they adding risk? Where are they taking away risk? It, sometimes, you know, if everybody's moving to the edge of the cliff, you know, maybe we back off a little bit. Right. You know, if everybody's away from the edge of the cliff, maybe we run over there. But a lot of the times, we, we, it gives us a good idea of what's what's happening by by looking at momentum. Well, and, and really, with all of these biases, you know, these are normal human behaviors. So yeah. if you're experiencing these, that's great. You're human. You're normal. Good on you. <laughs> Absolutely right? normal. So that's, that's a wonderful thing. But here, here's where we're coming to try to help you overcome these. We have to be hyper aware of these as well. We work as a team for that purpose. But because, again, that's, that's how we chose to do this and move forward. It helps. We help our clients. We coach our clients to help them learn of these things and be aware of them. You're human for feeling them, but let us help you overcome them. Let's not fall prey to some of our normal human behavior that we can overcome. So, Aaron, do you have any last words before we get wrapped up today? Hope everybody stays safe out there and, uh, you know, enjoy life because that's, that's what this is all about. That's right. And it's not worrying about what's what's going on in the market or the economy or politics. Try, try to work that out and uh, really pay attention to what matters. And it's family, friends, and yeah. you know, the loves of your life. That's great, Aaron. Thanks for that. Here we get wrapped up today on the Black and White Market Chatter. Matt Irvin, Aaron Kennedy on Life Putting 101. Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services. If you have questions, you can email them to lifeplanning at kennedy-financial.com. Don't forget to learn how our sister company can assist you with all of your tax, bookkeeping, and consulting needs. You can find out more at briscoeandassociates.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more Life Planning 101. The opinions expressed herein are those of the firm and are subject to change without notice. The opinions referenced are as of the date of publication and are subject to change due to changes in the market or economic conditions and may not necessarily come to pass. Any opinions, projections, or forward-looking statements expressed herein are solely those of the author, may differ from the views or opinions expressed by other areas of the firm, and are only for general informational purposes as of the date indicated. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Smart Money Group LLC. Kennedy Financial Services and Smart Money Group LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by Calton & Associates Incorporated.